This is episode 161, Healing Your Unhealthy Relationship with Food with Christina. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for listening. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode, whether you struggle with your relationship with food or not, because what Christina and I really end up talking about is intimacy and connection. I'm also going to geek out on a little science for you in the breakdown and explain how stress can actually be increasing your appetite, making it harder to really have a healthy relationship with food because you're fighting not just your willpower, but your brain chemistry. So be sure to listen to the breakdown for a little bit more about that. I'm also going to talk about one of the main stressors in your life that you may not be aware of. The day this podcast is released, October 10th, is Mental Health Day. Mental health is something that's very close to my heart. It's one of the main reasons I do this podcast is because I want to serve in the best way that I possibly can. And I know that my own mental health has been the foundation to really creating health and success and feeling like I'm living into my fullest potential. And it wasn't always something that came easily for me. If you've listened for a while, you know that depression has been part of my journey. I was medicated for it for about 20 years of my life. And so the Coach's Corner from last Saturday, the one that went up just a few days ago, I talk a little bit about my journey with depression and anxiety and share some tips for you for how I overcame it and also for how you can support people in your life who may be dealing with it. I also gave a free gift from that podcast, one of the tools that I use with myself and with many of my clients to move through emotions and release them, not recycle them. If you'd like to get that, go to christinehassler.com slash emotions. And I really, really highly recommend you listen to the podcast episode as well. And just in honor of Mental Health Day, whether you're listening to this on October 10th or not, I would just like you to consider what can you do to really contribute to your own mental health? Is it time to get a therapist, counselor, or a coach? Is it really time to drop a belief that isn't serving you anymore? Is it time to incorporate more meditation in your life? Is it time to have a really honest look at everything in your life that stresses you out? Maybe it's a toxic relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's the way that you move through your day. Maybe your to-do list is way too long. What are the things that cause stress in your life and impact your mental health? You only have one mind and your mind really dictates so much of your emotional and physical well-being. So really set some time aside whenever you're listening to this episode to reflect on your own mental health and how you can be even healthier. So as you're listening to my coaching session with Christina, consider what is your relationship with food or really any substance? Do you feel pretty balanced and like you have a healthy relationship with food or alcohol or sugar or any kind of substance? Or do you have a tendency to binge a little bit? Do you have more of an extreme personality around it? Do you look to food or drinks or a substance to make you feel a certain way or to just numb you completely? 
Have you struggled with weight for a lot of your life? Do you binge eat or overeat? And as much as you have awareness around it, you just can't seem to shift it. Like you've done a lot of personal growth work, but it's still there. And finally, do you feel intimately connected to a lot of people in your life? Do you feel like you really have a soul family and practice intimacy into me see on a regular basis? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Christina. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, which is Express. So when your billable hours start running into your happy hours, there's no time for an outfit change. Rewrite the rules of dressing for the job with style for work at Express. These fashion forward pieces are designed to make syncing your professional schedule and personal life easier than ever. Shop style for work at Express and go from your first meeting to your last without compromising your personal style. So here's the call to action. Get $25 off when you spend $100 on anything at Express using the code 4843 in store or at express.com. Again, that's promo code 4843 in store or express.com. Get $25 off when you spend $100 on anything. That's awesome. And now on to my coaching session with Christina. Christina, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, thank you. My question is, which I'm a bit unsure about, but I'll ask it anyway. So how do I heal the relationship between me, my way of eating and my body? Mm. What's what's wrong with it? <laughs> if you want to heal it, that infers that something is not yes. well. Yes, that's correct. I have uh, since I think fourth, five, fifth grade, I have been binge eating. Mm-hmm. And until about six, seven years ago, I saw this as my enemy. And, you know, as soon as I needed to get rid of it, because I was very attached to my weight. I thought if I only could lose, I, I would, I w- I've never been too big, but I've thought that if I could lose this five, 10 kilos, then my life could start. Mm. So about six, seven years ago, I started studying nutrition and also eating psychology, where I finally saw my binge a little differently, like it was my messenger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, for past four or five years, I've been kind of, I've also do, done a lot of uh, self-work and development. And I I love the way you say this, that it's, we're like an onion, like yep. we're learning to know about ourselves. And somehow I'm not been able to kind of put a finger on it why okay. I'm still there. And okay. Are you still, you're still binge eating? Yes, okay. I do. And you said it happened at around age what? Maybe I was like 10. Okay. And what happened in your life around then? What I remember clearly was I was in a group doing the folk dance and the teacher told me that I shouldn't eat after six. Maybe I could lose weight then. And then I started dieting. Mm-hmm. And then the binge eating started after that? I think so. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Okay. But I think there. Well, it's amazing how one event like that can cause a lifetime of reaction to it. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you were in a moment. In that moment, were you enjoying the the dance? Were you having fun? Uh, no, I was, I was kind of a shy Mm -hmm. and insecure already then. Okay. So it was already hard enough to be out there dancing. And then she made that negative comment and that just 
devastated you, it sounds like. Though she did it very kindly. She mm -hmm. didn't say it out loud with the others, but she took me aside and, you know, did it very nicely and kindly. Well, even though she did it nicely and kindly, how do you remember it making you feel? Kind of confirming me that uh, I needed to lose weight. Okay. That there was something, probably something wrong with me. Okay. Okay. So it confirmed a limiting belief that there was something wrong with you. Yes. And what was growing up like? Did you have a lot of love? Did you have a lot of support? Did you have a lot of affection? No, mm -hmm. I didn't. Mm -hmm. My parents' relationship was never good and uh, we never told each other that we love love each other mm. and um, it was there was there was not a lot of love no. yeah no yeah and would you agree that in our modern world love is needed for our survival of course yeah yes yeah you see what happens to babies when they're not loved or nurtured or left alone things like that they have mm -hmm. major developmental problems so when you binge eat, I know afterwards there may be guilt or things like that, but what is the feeling that it gives you? It makes me feel good. Right. It's the, it's the closest thing you've gotten to love. Yes. So you said earlier that you've, through the work that you've done on this, you've discovered that the binge eating is a messenger. What was the message? Uh, it's different. I usually go for food when I don't feel good or when I'm stressed or um, anxious about something. Mm -hmm. And I also now I can, it, and somehow, sometimes it's kind of paralyzes me. I, you know, I see I'm going in, I'm, I see myself like in the slow motion, I see going into the binge and I can reason that, okay, it's not good for me, but somehow I'm not able to stop. Right. Well, because your conscious mind is not as powerful as your unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And in times of, of stress, that's when lack of love becomes even more paramount because in times of stress, we release cortisol. And the mm -hmm. thing that actually lowers cortisol is love. Mm -hmm. There's studies that when people are first in relationship, especially women, and they have a lot of love in their life, their cortisol levels are lower, making mm -hmm. them even more productive. So some part of your brain knows that it wants to lower cortisol and it's looking for love. You've connected binge eating with love and soothing yourself. And so that's the programming and that's the default and that's the reaction that you go to that's so habitual, it's hard to quote unquote control. Mm -hmm. Is this making sense so far? Yes. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Right. So how much love do you have in your life? Uh, right now, I think um, there could be more. Mm -hmm. Though I've, I've, uh, I'm in a process of healing my, my relationship with, with my parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have uh, supportive friends around me. And, um, but I still, yes, I I'm single, so I don't yeah. have uh, the partner, which I'm also would love to have. Yeah, but I would love to have more, of course. Okay, well, and what I think it's really about is intimacy, because mm -hmm. you, without without love and affection, growing up, my suspicion is that intimacy is a bit scary for you because it's so unfamiliar. It can be. 
Tell me how it can be. And well, first, what do you define as intimacy? Uh, intimacy, hmm. It's kind of this support and caring mm-hmm. for each other. Yeah. What else? Love. You know, it's it's actually hard to, um, I don't really, really deeply thought about it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering if you've ever really deeply experienced it and with yourself or another. So mm-hmm. intimacy is into me see. True intimacy is allowing yourself to be totally seen by another mm-hmm. person, to let them totally in, not in a merging codependent, let me source my love and let me hook into your energy kind of way, but into I'm letting you into my inner world. I'm letting you see me. I'm letting you mm-hmm. see me fully naked, but, but and I mean that both literally and metaphorically. And yeah. because I think your whole life, I'm guessing by your parents and this this dance teacher, there's been criticism. There's been, Mm -hmm. you haven't felt safe to be seen because one, you haven't liked your body. And two, there was, um, just criticism, a lot of criticism in your life. And now that internal is that criticism has been internalized. And Mm -hmm. so there's, there's this lack of, of intimacy in your life, which probably makes you feel very alone and isolated at times. And I, I feel when I like attune to you at your deepest level, that you really are like a love bug, (laughs) you know, that you really are craving deep, deep connection. And I feel like you were born into a family that was more head-based and you're Mm -hmm. kind of more heart-based. And so part of this, this healing that you're doing with your parents is also breaking the pattern of just living in one's head and moving into your body and your heart and your pleasure and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering how much work you've done in, in, in workshops or with different healers or with friends or whatever to really make intimacy a safer and more familiar experience for you. Um, I think I'm pretty good off, you know, comparing myself three years ago and where I'm at the moment. Um, I feel good in the path where I am. But of course, I, I believe or I, I feel there more more work to be done, and I'm kind of feeling that I'm I'm able to um, be more me. Beautiful, beautiful, and you've definitely have made progress. And the binge eating seems to still be happening. Correct. Yes, that's correct. Right. So it's just cluing you in to whatever that behavior is giving you. Mm-hmm. You, you're not giving to yourself in a different way. So it's it seems like it's giving you a way to feel soothed and feel love. And it's also creates a bit of a of a guard which prevents intimacy because after you do it, you feel bad, which separates mm-hmm. yourself and if you're keeping weight on that you don't want to have on, that's also another guard against intimacy. Mm-hmm. So my, you, you tell me how this sounds. In, my, in listening to you, what I'm hearing is there's two things. Mm-hmm. The binge eating was a way to basically feel, to feel something other than alone, judged, separate, criticized, all those kinds of things. 
-hmm. It was a way to feel and numb all at once, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, it does. But it was the only way that you knew how to both numb and try to feel something at the same time, which Mm -hmm. is a normal reaction when we feel alone, isolated, criticized, judged, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, it's, it's sort of perpetuated a pattern of separating or hiding, um, or thinking that something is wrong with you. And so that prevents the deepest level of intimacy and love with yourself and others. Mm-hmm. So what are you feeling yeah. as I'm saying all this? Mm-hmm. It does. It, it's, it really, really resonates me when you say that the binge was for me through, through binge to, to kind of feel a numb mm-hmm. and kind of like distract my feelings and thoughts and whatever it was. So I could, you know, after the binge, yes, I, w- I was devastated and I was dis- disappointed. But I, right now, I, I, uh, I kind of feel, still feel lost. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, you've to- talked about a lot about this, that yes, if we do self-work and, and it's, it takes time. And I understand that I kind of, right now lost that right. how well, yeah i think i think a big part of it is you know there's different there's different ways of healing right there's different levels mm-hmm. of our work there's different aspects all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and part of what i think may be valuable to you is doing more work in group settings okay. where you're really allowed to be seen So like, how would you feel if I was with you right now and we both stood up and I got really, really close to you and we, we had to look in each other's eyes and say nothing, just Mm -hmm. really look in each other's eyes for like a good five minutes or so. Mm -hmm. I think I would feel comfortable with it. Okay, great. What if I was a stranger? Even with a stranger in, in that sense, I've, I've uh, done work and I, I even like speaking openly mm-hmm. in the group settings, I'm kind of, uh, not about maybe everything, maybe like if I just had a binge and start talking about it, mm-hmm. I, I still feel a little bit ashamed of right. things. But right. Okay. <gasps> so that's, that's the next level. And like you said in the beginning, it's, it's layers, it's onions. So it's mm-hmm. more about like even having this this podcast call is, is a great example. It's talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's bringing it into the light and it's releasing the shame around it. It's letting mm-hmm. people see you in your truth. A lot of times we mm-hmm. think vulnerability is letting people see our weakness. No, vulnerability is just about letting people see us, you know, mm-hmm. and all of our patterns and behaviors and all of it. It's all part of our soul curriculum. It's all part of our, our growth. It's not good, bad, mm-hmm. wrong, or right. So I think a big mm-hmm. healing part for you is like, I think right now it's the sharing in terms of kind of just catharsis and getting it out. But mm-hmm. what I want you to practice is the sharing of it, but letting the love and support and compassion in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the intimacy yeah. part is really letting that love in. You've done a lot of self-work and I can tell that you're making amazing progress where I feel mm-hmm. like the opportunity is, is the intimacy part. 
the receiving part, the not only exposing yourself, but letting yourself be seen and letting healthy love in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yes. And so that's something you can practice just when you're out in the world, when you go and, and check out at the coffee place or the grocery store, connect with people, look into their eyes and receive mm-hmm. them seeing you back so that you start mm-hmm. to feel safer in your body. And so mm-hmm. you start to feel safer connecting because mm-hmm. connect, like I said, connection and love lowers those cortisol levels because Hmm. That in addition to, you said you're doing a lot of healing work with your parents and forgiving them and everything like that, right? Yes. What are you doing for that? I've been kind of in me forgiving my my mom mm-hmm. for not taking care of herself mm-hmm. in the relationship with my mom and dad. And I don't know, it's it has kind of come slowly and peacefully. And me being able to interact now with her, like, I don't even know how to explain it, but differently. Like mm-hmm. this summer I was, it was, for me, it was just important that we were, I was there and I, we, we connected over a cup of coffee or, or right. over the silence. Which is beautiful. And the other thing I'd recommend when you're doing your healing work with your parents mm-hmm. is you got to get the emotion out, the anger, mm-hmm. the sadness, the shame, everything like that. That's an important part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I did some of that this summer as well. Right. Yes. Right. Right. So can you see that, you know, I was just talking about this with, with my partner the other day. There's sometimes an expectation that personal growth is, um, we're supposed to like figure it all out on our own, (laughs) but we live in an interdependent world. And it often is our relationships with people that trigger and create some of our core wounding and issues. And then we put this expectation on ourselves that we're supposed to heal all those core wounding and issues without other people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important, especially since a lot of your wounding has to do with how you were perceived and what you were told and a lack of love and connection with people is going to be an important part of your journey to be in environments where you can put healthy interactions with people into your nervous system, into your programming, because that's mm-hmm. how you start to rewire that programming. And that's how, where I feel the craving for the binge eating will uh, start to decrease a little bit. If you feel more seen, more supported, more connected in the world. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's a longing yes. and a yearning of yours? To fe- I know you said partnership, but also just to feel more seen, more connected in the world? Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. 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 And were you an only child? Um, of my parents, yes. Mm-hmm. Though my my parents, both my mom and dad, they had also children before. Right. That's what it felt like. So even in that, like as a kid, there's just, there's just a lot of loneliness, Christina, in in your, in your journey. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of loneliness, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's that's the heartache. And so your medicine in so many ways is to help not feel lonely and connect because that, that sense of loneliness, that also, especially in women, that also raises cortisol levels. 
because our brain feels threat when we're alone. We feel safer mm-hmm. in groups. Yes. The, I, I yeah. totally resonate with it. Yes. Yes. The, the loneliness. The loneliness. Yeah. Your brain's going, oh gosh, I'm alone. I'm threatened. Cortisol levels go up. You don't, y- y- and then you kind of go back to the binge eating. So the more connection you can have, the more you can put yourself in group workshops, group environments, yoga classes, whatever it is, but make sure when mm-hmm. you go into those environments, you're connecting with people. You know, yes. the last kind of thing I'll say here is in, in healing and personal development work, it's important to go back and deal with the wounding, which sound, it sounds like you're doing, which is amazing. But then it's really important to lean into the new behavior. It's like, how do you make yourself feel full through connection instead of food. Mm-hmm. Is this helpful? Yes, yes, it was. It, it it was really helpful because I think sometimes also we need someone to kind of confirm or some things, of course, I, I kind of, I resonate with everything you, you tell me, but it's so good that you tell me, mm-hmm. <laughs> that to hear it from you and hear it, hear it and, and, See that, yes, I'm I'm not alone. You're not alone. That's the biggest misunderstanding to forgive yourself for. Like I forgive myself for buying into the misunderstanding that I'm alone. Yeah. Yes. And and really, yeah, the more you feel connected and safe and like you have intimate relationships in your life and you put yourself in situations where you have that intimacy, I suspect, along with all the work you're doing with your parents and all that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I suspect that that craving will start to decrease. And, you know, try, just try the next time you have that desire to binge, because it sounds like you have that kind of slow motion moment and there's Mm -hmm. an opportunity to, to maybe, you know, interrupt the pattern. This is what I would suggest trying. Go to a mirror. Stand in front of the mirror, just look into your own eyes and breathe Mm -hmm. and see if you can find that connection to yourself. See if you can find that intimacy with yourself. Just look in your eyes and just breathe and see if that, that craving starts to go down because really what you're looking for is connection. My other Mm -hmm. idea is have a picture of you when you're a little girl and, and look at that, look into your own eyes because you're craving connection and love. And if you can mm-hmm. do that, it might start to break down that pattern. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely try that. Beautiful. I do that. Beautiful. Well, let me know how it goes. <laughs> I, I will. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you. What I really love about so many of the callers and all you listeners is that you've done a lot of work. You're all very self-aware. Christina has done a lot of work. She's made a lot of progress. She's very self-aware and she still has things that she's moving through. So I hope this show and many other episodes on this podcast have reassured you that growth is a process, not an event. Yes, you're going to have aha moments. Yes, you're going to read a book or do a workshop or have a healing that causes massive shifts, but there's no there. And sometimes things that you've been working on for years come back. As I shared in my coach's corner, I wanted to get off antidepressants and not feel depressed for about seven to eight years. You know, and it took me that long to get off of them. And then for the first couple of years I was off of them, it was an adjustment period. Like it wasn't quote unquote 
easy, but it was intentional and I kept going and I didn't expect to be healed of it overnight. So with these long-term things, listen, I stand with you in the belief that anything is possible. I believe in miracles. I believe that tomorrow you could be free of something that has plagued you for decades. And I also stand with you in support that if there has been something that has plagued you for decades and you're not quote unquote free of it yet, you will be. But the more you judge yourself and the more pressure you put on yourself and the more disappointed in yourself you are because you feel like I've been working on it for so long and I'm not there yet, the more it's going to hang on. So let go of the frustration. So before I go into breaking down this call with Christina, now I'm going to geek out on a little science. I want to talk about cortisol. Cortisol is a hormone which is mainly released at times of stress, and it also has many important functions in your body. So having the right cortisol balance is essential for human health, and you can have problems if your adrenal gland releases too much or too little cortisol. Cortisol is a steroid hormone that is produced by the adrenal glands, which sit on top of each kidney. When released in the bloodstream, cortisol can act on many different parties and help your body respond to stress or danger, increase your body's metabolism of glucose, control your blood pressure, reduce inflammation. So it's not all bad. Everybody's like, oh, cortisol is terrible. No, it definitely has a function. It's also needed for the fight or flight response, which is a healthy, natural response to perceived threats. The amount of cortisol produced is highly regulated by your body to ensure the balance is correct. So what happens when you produce too much cortisol? So we release too much cortisol in times of stress. When we're activating that fight or flight response, when there's really actually not a threat. So for example, if you have like a lot of like social anxiety that you haven't really dealt with and you go into a situation, it's a perceived threat. So like you get that nervousness in your body, even though you're fine, your life is not in danger, but your body feels that nervousness and anxiety, thinks it's a perceived threat and activates more cortisol. A lot of negative thinking, any kind of stressful situation can also raise your cortisol. A symptom of too much cortisol can include weight gain because cortisol increases appetite and it can ramp up your motivation in general, including the motivation to eat. So I wanted to share this with you. This stuff is important to know because when we fully understand brain chemistry that is actually happening, we can hopefully not be so hard on ourselves and think we just have a lack of willpower. So those of you who might have too much cortisol being released in your system because you're stressed, and I'm going to talk about one of the reasons you may be stressed in a moment, it might not just be that you have a lack of willpower that's causing you to overeat. Your body thinks it's in threat, it's in danger. So it's increasing your appetite and it's increasing that motivation to eat. So instead of using your will to fight what is happening hormonally in your brain, like high levels of cortisol, which can make you eat more, use your will to create better chemicals in your brain. How do you do that? Well, what I've learned in some brain science research that I've done and also listening to Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I love, Google him if you don't know him, is that love and connection lowers cortisol. Oxytocin, that love hormone, that bonding hormone, and we don't have to be with a romantic partner to release it. Mothers release it with their children. Friends release it with each other. Oxytocin counteracts the release of cortisol. When we feel truly connected, seen, and loved, we also feel safe which regulates our hormones and gets us out of fight or flight. Feeling alone and disconnected is a very stressful thing. 
I said earlier, I was going to talk to you about one of the hidden causes of stress. This is it. It's that feeling alone and disconnected. When we feel like we have to do life on our own and others are either not there for us or are potentially a threat, of course we're going to feel stressed, which is then going to activate that fight or flight response, which will jack up cortisol and do things like increase your appetite. I found in my own life and with so many others that stress really wreaks havoc on our body and feeling alone and isolated is stressful which is why I want to strongly encourage you to find your soul family. Work on really building intimacy in your relationships. We work so much at making money and losing weight and having this great career and whatever. Do we really put enough time and energy in forming strong, intimate, loving, connected bonds with people? Now you may be thinking, I live in the middle of nowhere. I don't have soul family, blah, blah, blah. There are no excuses. In today's day and age with the internet, there is no excuse that you can't find a like-minded tribe. Now, I think physical connection is important, not just over the internet, but you can use the internet to research meetups or yoga classes or personal event groups that are going on in your area. And if you feel like you live in way too isolated of a community, then maybe it's time to move so that you have more connection. So now let's talk about Christina. Her question was about healing her relationship with eating and her body. So as you heard, she started binge eating around the age of 10 and was told not to eat by that dance teacher, even though it was in a nice way, it affirmed that there was something wrong with her. But this stress over how she looked started before that. She even talked about how her parents' relationship was not good. No one ever told each other they loved each other in that family. And later in the call, I also learned that she was an only child pretty much. Bottom line, Christina spent a lot of time alone, a lot of time without love and affection and intimacy and connection, which again, I'm not a brain scientist, but I bet if I tested her cortisol versus oxytocin and serotonin and all the feel-good hormones in her brain as she was a child growing up, I bet the feel-good hormones were low and the stress hormones were high. So all her life, not only has she been battling this weight, she's really been battling her brain chemistry. And the only way she could get love and connection was through food. It was a way to soothe herself, a way to actually get in her body because she was mainly in her head. But then it also became a way to numb herself from all the external criticism she heard that she then turned on herself. So it was this mix of connecting and disconnecting. Binge eating was a way to feel and soothe, and also to numb, perpetuating a pattern of separating or keeping the outside world out. So what Christina, and maybe you too, is really craving is not food, but intimacy. She thought she had more of it in her life than I feel she actually has. Now she's been working on it. That's great. But I think she got to that realization too, that she really didn't even know what intimacy was. She even said it's actually hard to define. I I don't even know that I thought about it when I asked her to define it. So her opportunity here is not to focus so much on curing the unhealthy relationship with food. Like I want her to take her attention off of the food thing because that's just a byproduct of the deeper issue here. Really what she's craving, as I said, is connection. So her homework and possibly yours is to go out and find connection, to let healthy love in, to practice intimacy. So there isn't that big of a desire for the food. 
when we feel more seen, more connected, and more supported in the world, we aren't looking to feed ourselves with food because we're actually getting love. So food stops being love and actual connection and a sense of belonging with other people becomes love. And I know the whole self-love movement, we shouldn't look for love outside of us, but let's be real here for a second. I, I preach and teach self-love. I do believe that we have to love ourselves first and foremost and can't expect to totally outsource our love. And I also fully unequivocally believe that being connected to other people and feeling seen and loved by others is a massive part of having a healthy emotional and mental life. So back to really honoring mental health day, part of how we really have a healthy mind is to have a healthy heart. And we can't do that all on our own. We live in an interdependent kind of world. We don't want to use food and substances and alcohol as medicine for loneliness. We want love to be the cure. So some takeaways for you from this episode. If I didn't emphasize it enough already, get connected. Find your soul family. Do whatever it takes. Maybe it's doing some personal growth work in group environments. Hey, I have a retreat coming up. You've heard me talk about it. It's my most powerful, transformative retreat. All the women that come are incredibly like-minded. And yes, I am going to be doing events for men and women. Those are coming up. Don't worry. This one's just for the women. It's in March. ChristineHassler.com slash spring-retreat or email jill at christinehasler.com. You will meet like-minded tribe there, I promise you. Women make soul friends for life at that retreat. So really take some initiative to let people in to practice intimacy. And if you're craving, if you if you do have a pattern of binge eating or overeating, before you go to the refrigerator, the cupboard, or whatever it is, ask yourself, what am I really hungry for? How can I really feel connected instead? And maybe use the tip that I gave Christina to instead of going to the refrigerator or the cupboard, go to the mirror. Go to the mirror. Just connect with yourself. Because intimacy does start with intimacy with ourselves. And the more intimate and loving we are to ourselves, the safer it feels to be seen and loved by others. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, I love hearing from you. You can always post comments on the page where this goes up on my website, christinehasler.com slash podcast, or reach out to me on Instagram. Until next time, sending you so much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.